1: Start every single week at this I'm sure we were going on early then, Neil. I was absolutely sure for once it came on properly and I spoke. So, the one time actually it went smoothly, I spoke early. Absolutely vintage. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the Villa View. It's time for a post match pint in association with Purity Ale. Myself, Dan bardell hosting with Neil Dunworth. We're here to talk about Aston Villa 2, Arsenal 4. But before we do that, just a quick word for our sponsors, Purity Ale. If you want to get 10% off everything they have to offer, including all their Villa ales and beers, use the code hashtag Villaview and you will get 10% off everything they have to offer. Neil, it's Sunday night now, so we have had a bit of time to kind of take in what happened at Villa Park yesterday. Maybe certain people have had time to calm down. Maybe certain people, myself, have had time to look at things a bit more analytically and and, and look at what people and what the manager were saying and things like that. How are you feeling now?
0: i still feel the same way that i felt at at full time um like it was a game that i never went in that i never thought we would go in and dominate possession in i thought that we were going to have to be resolute catch arsenal on the break i thought that i i did think that the two goals would have gotten us something from the game and mm. uh bar last five minutes i think i was right on that i thought two goals would would have gotten us something from the game um but uh like the game didn't go any different to how I would have expected it we are we're not a team that can dominate possession against a a team like arsenal or man city or liverpool um but I still expected more in certain instances from players and that's okay. And like two things can be true at the same time. And I spent a lot of my post-match podcast because uh, when I go into post-match podcast, I have no preconceived notion of what I'm going to say. I have no preconceived kind of almost feeling anymore of what I want to say. I want to try and talk things through. And I spend my time criticizing myself and, and, and contradicting myself throughout the whole uh, post-match. And what, but what I was very, very um, kind of steadfast was after I listened back to it yesterday was, because sometimes I don't even know what I'm saying. Um is that you know two things can be true at the same time. Yes, we were shocking at defending for quite a for, for some portions of that game. When the when the chips were on the table, we didn't show up in, in, in defending. Yes, Martinez was was wasting time an awful lot, but also I think we were very unlucky not to get not to get a draw out of that game today. That game yesterday. Um yeah. and I think two things can be true with regards to that, because look that goal only happens in FIFA you know I remember I remember playing I was a FIFA um...
1: it's happened to me recently I'm 34 I will (laughs) say
0: (laughs) <laughs> it's, happened,
1: it's happened very recently.
0: Uh, yeah, and that's the only time I've ever seen something like that happen. And it was one of those um, question of sport goals where it comes off the crossbar, hits off memmy Martinez and, go, and goes in. And and like, as I said, as I said in the podcast, and, and it's something that I'm not going to fall into the trap of myself. And I don't, I'm not preaching to anybody. I'm not trying to tell anybody how to be a fan. This is just me talking about my own opinion. And um, I'm not trying to convince anybody either. Um, and I'm very, very, um, very, very steadfast in that too. But like, I've given up being worried about what other fans think about about Aston Villa and, you know, whether other fans slag me about something going on. I don't really care because they've not been in the trenches with regards to Villa with us. Uh, you know, 37 years, we'll will we'll kind of... Uh, and that's how that's how long I'm in this earth. And of that, there's 32 of them. 30, 30 of them, anyway, at least, following Aston Villa. So, you know, I'm kind of here and I'm kind of going... I you can't really say anything worse than's been said to me in the last thirty years, so I couldn't really care less, you know. So um, I couldn't care less what other fans say. But uh, look, it was a horrible way to to lose that game yesterday. Um, we had every right to lose the game, but I thought we did yeah. a lot of things good to get a draw out of the game as well. If that makes sense.
1: God, I'd agree with what you what you've said there. Also, it could have been so very different. What what Stato has mm. just said in in the chat is com- completely true. The game the game was lost on 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 moments where you know Bailey shot cannons off the bar and hits Ramsdale and goes in. You know we win the, we win the game three two, maybe maybe four two. But unfortunately, we hit the bar and it comes pinging out. They hit the bar and it hits Martinez on in the head and goes in. But before we do get into the game, I just want to address something that's been going around on um on social media over the last twenty four hours or so. So obviously. Most people will have seen the Arsenal fan TV filmed a match preview in the ground. No one likes that. No one likes this. I don't like Arsenal fan TV anyway, to, to be honest. But no one likes to see them setting foot in Villa Park and, and doing a, ma- a match preview. So I spoke to someone from the Villa comms team this morning and I've been told that that absolutely no way that that, that should have happened. It wasn't signed off by the comms team. It's a mistake. It's ended up happening. It is what it is, but that will never, ever happen again. So just to address that, because I know there's been stuff flying around. On on Twitter, but you know my main grievance with that is not. I mean, people will say our fan channel should be able to film in there, and you know I think basically there's so many fan channels now and so many channels, so many yeah. people doing great work, so many people doing podcasts. You, you, you can't have everyone in doing it. And then if you let one in, then people are going to comply. And I was very fortunate with Rollo and Lynch when we started the villa view that we were given some access because there wasn't many others around uh, at that time. And we had a good relationship with the club and we were allowed in to do things. But now I think it's a completely different beast, different owners as well, different people working behind the scenes at the club in, in some departments as well. So it's just, it's, it's difficult for it to happen. So I had no problem with that whatsoever. I haven't asked to film any content at Villa Park, to be fair, for, for years, particularly since, since COVID. The main grievance was the fact that Arsenal Fan TV were supposed, well, apparently it seemed to us, were allowed to do it. They absolutely shouldn't have been. So let's draw a line under that. I've spoke to Villa today. They've said it shouldn't have happened and they've said nothing of that ilk will ever happen again. So hopefully that message gets out there and I've spoke about it on our show. Let's get into the game then, then Neil. And... Villa once again not attacking the whole end on this occasion in the first half, but score a goal in the in, in the first ten minutes. And I tell you, what, Ollie Watkins okay. and, and Leon Bailey are loving those early goals at, at Villa Park. It's great work from Matty Cash, and it's a it's a lovely bit of bit of work from from Ollie Watkins as well. It's not like the best defending from Saliba, if, if I'm being perfectly honest. He kind of gives him an awful lot of, of a goal to act, to aim at, but it's still you know tricky feet from Ollie Watkins, and it's a brilliant finish. He scores again, you know, four in a row now. Stato tweeted earlier that he could become the first ever Villa player to score five in a row, in five mm. games in a row, if he scores next week against Everton away. So he's on sensational form at the moment, Oli Watkins. Didn't have loads of the ball yesterday, didn't have loads of chances, loads of service or anything like that. But I think when he's been brought into the game at the moment, he's very, very effective. I still don't think his hold up play gets the credit that he deserves totally from the Villa fan base. And I think we took, I don't remember whether it was me or you, sorry, me and you. But we def- I definitely remember saying on a podcast, when Watkins, when Watkins was the main man and there was no other striker in his first season, mm. he was he was pr- pretty deadly in front of goal in that season. He scored a lot of goals and I think the Villa fans were very fond of what he was doing. I think his game was at a different level to perhaps what it was last season. We're now seeing signs of that Ollie Watkins from that first season. I don't think it's a coincidence that he is the, he's just the fact that he is the main man now. I think you can say from his celebrations as well, he pointed at himself. He's got, got a bit of belief. He's enjoying carrying that burden. That's good to say. Absolutely. Uh, and what I'm liking
0: from him at the moment is, well, the two goals he scored since the Leicester game have been really smart finishes. I mean, really smart finishes. You know, Harry Kane scores those two goals. People are saying call him a natural goal scorer. And, yeah. and. and, and that's. It, I'm not saying that Ollie Watkins is a natural goal scorer for me, whatever you know. But he's. He, it looks like he things are beginning to click for him. I I said before the game that uh, the Down Arsenal's right with Saka and Ben White being there. That, that that was an area you could get at. Ben White was amazing yesterday. I thought Ben White was brilliant yesterday. They dug out some really good like the that good game ab-
1: against us last season as well.
0: Oh, that, that guy's ability to be able to just put him anywhere. Put him anywhere in the back four or even the, the, the sixth position or whatever. And he just seems to show up. He seems to show up more often than he doesn't. Like some of those crosses that he dug out from the end line, the one for Enketia's header, was really good. But Never hides. Doesn't. No, sure he mm-hmm. doesn't. But saying that, Villa did target that position. They targeted him with, with uh, diagonal balls because they knew that Saka wasn't going to get back quickly enough. Um, well, like he could, he has the ability to do that, but he's been told to essentially be up there to stretch the play. So, And both of our goals came from being down that wing. Nice, quick, crisp passing for the second one. This one was a crossfield ball for Maddie Cash. Beautiful crossfield ball as well. It doesn't get as much credit as it should. Um, and I know Maddie Cash gave away uh, the ball a good bit yesterday. Um, Possession He wasn't alone. He wasn't alone. No, you're dead right. Um, but that was a beautiful ball. Watkins takes a lovely touch on it and finishes it beautifully across Aaron Ramsdale. Um, that's that. like what I'm what we're seeing from Ali Watkins at the moment is, is is again is evolution. But you know what? We needed it because if we weren't seeing this, things would be a hell of a lot worse. You know, um, so fair play to Unai Emery. He's obviously he's, and there's, there's a comment I see there as well. Uh, and uh, we'll probably get onto it in a moment. Unai Emery has gotten through to some people in this team. And you're beginning to see that now. And then there's other people he doesn't seem to be getting through to as quickly. And that's probably that's what we're going to see over the rest of the season. And probably that's what's going to shape the makeup of the squad as the season goes on. But Ollie Watkins, I think, for certain, Douglas Louise, for certain, um, are two people that, uh, that Unai Emery has gotten through to. And we're seeing the benefits of it. I think John McGinn as well. I think John McGinn yeah, did, did a that. nice bit of work yesterday as well, um, along with Coutinho. So... You know, four bright points from that game, I think, would have been Douglas, Luis Jarmigan, Philippe Coutinho and, um, and Ali Watkins. And we can discuss and fill in the gaps for the other seven players afterwards.
1: Yep. Yeah, so Villa one as I say, good habit scoring early at Villa Park. Love an early goal. Bad habit. We suddenly keep conceding within a short space of time of, of doing that and going ahead. Also, it seems to be a mistake. And I, th- I think, you know, it's a mistake for, for that goal, in, in my opinion. I've actually seen some people try and defend Mings for, for that goal, but I think it's a bad mistake. Personally, yeah. I love Tyrone Mings, but I think that's that's a really bad mistake for that for, for that for that first goal. The, the cross comes in. I'm sat in the whole 10 where where that's unfolding right in front of me. He's facing the ideal way to just knock it out of play for a corner. You see players in less dangerous situations than that. They'll head the ball out in for a corner just to be safe. He's got no idea what, what's going on behind him in and around the penalty area. He heads it into a dangerous area. So, you know, he's asking for trouble. He's very unlucky with the fact it's failed to Saka and Saka's absolutely smashed it, rifled it, rifled it home. You know, not many players are capable of, of, of striking a ball as well as Saka did for, for, for that goal. So he, he's unfortunate in that he's made a mistake and he gets punished. And, you know, so often for Tyrone Mings, I do feel for him when he does make a mistake, he always seems to get punished later on in the game. Ezra Conter's made probably a worse mistake and he's not got punished you know, he's lucky, he's fortunate, he's got away with it. I do feel with Mings, he's unlucky that when he does do something wrong, invariably the other team seems to score from it. And it's just it's frustrating. But Arsenal had just started to come into the game, really. I felt like they were starting to come into the ascendancy a little bit after after a good start from Villa. Villa was struggling to hold on to the ball at, the, at that point. I mean, that wasn't the only time in the game Villa was struggling to hold on to the ball, but I felt that like was the first real period where Villa was struggling to hold on to the ball and they'd they dealt with everything pretty well. And then that one moment happens and they don't deal with it properly it's 1-1 one, one, and you're back to square one. I agree. Yeah.
0: Um, I think there's, there's multiple, and you know what, this is the beauty of having, have an instant replay and the beauty of being able to slow everything down and see it frame by frame. And, uh, The players can't see it frame by frame in real time, you know, so it's very like a lot of times and and I found myself, you know what, like, as I say, I found myself being overly critical of situations and then afterwards just having to kind of knock myself around the head and go, there's no way a player could pause that and have the peripheral vision to see what's going on 20 yards behind him and stuff. This all happens in split second stuff. But saying that, saying that, I think that, look, if Tyrone Mings is watching that back, he's thinking to himself, why the hell didn't I just head that back where it came from?
1: He's just got no idea what's going on in the area yeah. where he's putting the ball back, and yeah. it's a, it's a poor he's, one in my in my. He's opinion. trying to
0: block the cross, expecting almost the cross to go past him and to, and to be crossed into where it, where where it should have gone to, and it actually comes to him, and he's like, oh shit, it, here it is. And, and for two reasons, there because even if he isn't so good in coverage where he's getting back to, because he's in a pretty, he's in a really great position, you know, to be yeah. able to block the cross. Um, I don't know what was going through his head, but even if he isn't there, it's a simple one for Emi Martinez, who's five yards yeah, behind him. It's a
1: slight call for that, isn't there? It's to, exactly. to call and come, come 100%. and get it because then there's no danger at all. Is yeah. there at that
0: point? Yeah, I don't know. I still haven't actually, I haven't, I haven't taken too much uh, notice of it, and I've asked a couple of times who was. Because there was somebody really in around uh, Saka's orbit when the ball drops to him there, and it looked like they were just kind of flat-footed. Now, obviously, not, like, that's not the reason for the goal. Once again, everything happens in a split second. Was it Kamara? I think was was in the world i have
1: watched match of the day yeah, th- yeah. this morning th- th- brought myself to do it i didn't really feel like it but I, but 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 i did do it but it's you look it's an unbelievable it's an unbelievable finish from saka it's a mistake from villa but saka is absolutely not that yeah. plum. You and know, that's yeah. what good that's what good players do if you make a mistake even if it's only a half chance and i think that's probably less than a half chance yeah. actually from saka they put the ball in the back of the net and they and, and they punish you and arsenal have done that and then they kind of grow into the ascendancy, and you think, "Well, we could be in a little bit of trouble here." Their their tails are up, but it's, it's Villa who actually end up going going ahead in the, in the game, and it's it's a lovely, lovely goal from Villa, really well worked. And that, when you see that goal, ten passes, I think. Yeah, that's when you see that kind of sometimes that looks slow playing out from the back, it does open up space and that's what happened for, for that goal. It's really well worked from Villa and it's, it's kind of an insight into what Emery wants to do. That goal is the perfect vision of what Unai Emery wants Aston Villa to be, how he wants Aston Villa to play with the left back getting high and put putting the ball across, the attacking players moving around fluidly. You know, there's some lovely aspects to, to that goal from Kamara, from from Morena, from Buendia and then the finish from Catania. Excellent. That is just the way he's used the defender and gone to look like he's bended it in the corner and sent Ramsdale for a hot dog and just knocked it in the in the bottom corner. It's I mean forget the build up which is absolutely sensational from Villa. The finish is that that is magic and that's why you want a player. That's why you have a player like Philip Coutinho because not many players can, can do that. Like you said, those split seconds. Not many players can think to do that and use his body and use of people's bodies the way they did the way he did. It's an incredible goal now. You know, I was up on my feet, absolutely buzzing with that one at Villa Park. One, one of the best goals I've seen at Villa Park for many a year, actually. But he d- doesn't get any credit now because we, like, we lost the game. But he doesn't get any credit. on match actually, if like Man City had scored that goal, everyone would be waxing lyrical about Pep's soul of football. That's an insight into what Unai Emery wants.
0: And you know what? That's exactly, you stole the words out of my mouth. What, the way that Moreno and Buendia kind of played, I think it was Buendia played that lovely weighted ball into Moreno there. Um, I think it's Kamara, it Kamara. actually. Was Kamara. it Kamara? Yeah. Was it? But the way the way that Moreno actually played that was almost prime someone like Cancelo or or someone like that last year. You know, he did that. He drove at the box and let it. Used to leave lovely balls across there for the likes of Bernardo Silva to come onto. And when you said if Man City had scored that, that was exact exactly where I was going with, with this is that that's how Man City scored a lot of goals last season. Now we yeah, obviously don't ball. have have those those yeah, squaring the ball to the right positions. Um, and not forcing yourself to have to go to the byline and then cut it back blindly, or cutting it back hoping there's someone there. Moreno was able to stand up his player. He wasn't driving diag, or he wasn't driving perpendicular to the to the end line. He was able to stand up his player, pass that ball in where he had the v- vision to do so, and it just looked an awful lot more coordinated. Now, I'm going to flip it around. If I'm an Arsenal podcast, I'm asking myself. Who the hell didn't block that ball coming across there? And when Bandia plays the dummy, he sold the man behind him. It was like, oh no. Like he just, I I could just I could hear his hear what was going through his head in my mind's eye as well, because it was just a beautiful dummy. it was a beautiful step over. And it comes to Coutinho. And as you said, Coutinho's finish was brilliant. I wouldn't say the quality of the first of the four goals, not the last two, but the quality of the four goals were brilliant quality. And like that's that's why it was a really good I think it was a really good game of football. He, albeit I'm absolutely spitting feathers that we didn't get something out of it, there are still positives to be objective about this game. And I'm glad that we're discussing them here as well because the
1: two goals were really good goals, really well taken. I mean, if you were an Arsenal podcast, you'd still be stood outside Villa Park moaning <laughs> about winning, behaving like an absolute child. But luckily, yeah. you're, not. You're, you're You're on a Villa podcast. So 2-1, half-time, feeling good. Good performance from Villa. They rightly get a big cheer. Walking up the pitch, I go, go down to the toilet, have my normal way like I do at half-time, feeling good, saw a few pals. Excellent stuff come out for the second half and not a lot wrong really with how Villa started really. You'd expect Arsenal yeah. to come out and play and, and they did. I think Arsenal probably had a little bit of a rocket from Mikel Arteta at half-time. But then we can see the goal very, probably not quite as bad. It felt very similar to the Stevenage FA Cup goal now and these are the things that I feel Villa, They do, sometimes they're not quick learners. Sometimes has to happen to us two or three times for it to not for it to not happen again. You just thought, like you know, they may have learned from that Stevens guy. I'm pretty sure one of the players may have referenced it after the game. I could have got that wrong. Sure i I think it might have be been Matty Cash. When... Was it I'm Matty sure Cash? I, I listened Riley to something. things. it was, was Watkins, I think. Yeah, I felt like. Yeah, I was gonna say, I felt like it was referenced after the game. You've got to learn from things, and albeit there's different players on the pitch that were on the pitch for, for that Stevenage game. <laughs> The ball's made its way to Zinchenko. I don't think that was the first time that had happened in the game as well. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that wasn't the first time the ball had made its mm. way to Zinchenko from a short corner in the game. Zinchenko hasn't scored a goal since 2015. So of course he scores a goal against Aston Villa. You you, you, you expect nothing less. I think Mingston, his defence does try to, to get get out to it and does throw himself at it, but it's Watkins It ends up kind of going through, which in some ways is, is unfortunate, but You want your players to be. You want them to be marking, probably, but you also want them to be closing off angles. And where Zinchenko's shot, that's probably the only place he can put it where he scores. So you want you want your players to to kind of shift. And Villa don't, and they concede, and and it's two two now. I I agree. You said there where Zinchenko puts it is the only way they can score.
0: The only place they can score, and that's why I don't think it was very like the Stevenage. Uh, the Stevenage goal. Okay, at all. The, the Stevenage goal was one man pressing. Uh, I think we had three men pressing at three different levels. Still wasn't fast enough for my for my liking. One hundred percent. I I I still don't think it was fast enough. And I remember when the replay came from behind the goals, like we talk about uh, Coutinho using the player to to block the goalkeeper's view or using them as a, as a marker to be able to put it in the in the bottom corner. Zinchenko did that with uh I think it might have been Bundia, I can't remember who it was or maybe McGinn who was who was running so there was there was kind of three people running I think at a diagonal um at three different levels and he just basically puts it right in the corner. You know, it was one of those ones aim for the goalkeeper's uh water bottle in the in the yeah. side netting and he just pinged it. I once again you give him that you give him that 100 times he does it twice. You know, and it just so happened that he did it against Aston Villa. Really good goal. We could have defended it better, but I don't think it was anywhere near the level of Stevenage. Stevenage was just like woefully bad.
1: Uh, Aside the, should have the one against Stevenage, I don't think Martinez. Had it. I think Martinez actually did well to even get close to it. But Look, was... looking looking at it back he he did well to get close to that. I mean we'll come on to emmy Martinez yeah like later on in the show but you just want someone to shift across someone to have the nail to realize that that's the that's the only place the ball can go end up in the back of the net and no no on no one no one post is... yeah, but well, I think that's just standard isn't it there's a reason for that it's just standard. Arsenal fan it's telling me Zinchenko was lucky to be on the pitch after, after half-time because he yeah. gave the ball away too much in the first half. I mean, I'll be honest, in the first half, actually, I think both sides gave the ball away a fair amount of Villa, Villa and Arsenal. Arsenal uncharacter- characteristically gave the ball away an awful lot in that first half. Villa a bit more normal for us to be doing thing, things like that, but generally, it was a, I'd say the, the quality in the first half, probably in the whole game, probably wasn't as good as the quality in the second half. But it stayed 2 too obviously. And that's why the first
0: half, I, I thought, was just, it, it felt like a
1: brilliant game of football it felt like a
0: proper premier league game of football at times in the first half because there was mistakes and it wasn't as mechanical and it wasn't as much david versus goliath like would it, like it turned out in the second half when we couldn't get anywhere near the possession that we needed you know there was times in the first half whereby we felt like we could land a glove and, bl- and land a blow on arsenal in the second half we were really looking for um for a counter-attack which didn't really materialize until we went uh, un- until the last 10 maybe minutes or so of the game when we, when Bailey had that chance, John Duran had that chance and so on. And, you know, it was that, that, that for me was, was, was difficult to kind
1: of take. Yeah. Well, I will say I felt a little bit the opposite of you being at the game. I felt that the first half was two teams that were on a, not a great runs. So the two teams that were kind of needed a win because they'd been, Three three games at least for both teams, where where they hadn't won a game, so it felt scrappy from that point of view. Because I think both teams weren't operating at their absolute prime. Second half, I sat there with my dad and Lee, who sits next to me, and I said, "This, you know, and we all know we went on to lose. This is a proper football match. I've come to the football on Saturday, and I've been entertained. I've been, I've enjoyed the spectacle of, of a Premier League game at Villa Park. Of course, I want to win." But I've, I've enjoyed the game. I think it was, a, it was a really exciting game. I sat there in September, August, September, watching Villa lose to West Ham 1-0. I'm pretty confident West Ham won an away game since then. Absolute dross. Nothing to get excited about at all. I watched us beat Southampton in, in September. I think it was my birthday. We won 1-0. Still absolute drust. Nothing to get excited about. Real terrible performance against a terrible side. But we scored off a set piece, I think it was, and we we managed to win 1-0. So I was going to Villa Park at the start of the season with Villa having no identity. I had no clue what they were trying to do. The manager was driving me crazy. I just couldn't see which direction yeah. Villa were going in. Now, Villa have now not won for three games. But generally, I mean, to be fair, Emmy wasn't happy at the end of the game, in fairness. But, you know... I've watched Villa play, and I, there's some form of identity there that makes me think, and I know we were all saying this next time year or some this time last year, or and I certainly was, I was putting a lot on pre-season. If you give this manager a pre-season, and I don't think any Villa fans are having a go at the manager at the moment at all. No. If you give this guy pre-season, from what I've seen of his tenure at the club so far, there is tangible improvements to what I was sitting and watching at Villa Park in August, September. So, you know, I was sat there with my dad. I was just enjoying being at the football, enjoying being at Villa Park, because it was because it was a good game. And obviously, we know what transpires, we, we know what goes on to happen. I think Arsenal were a little bit wasteful. Obviously, Constars tried to give them one. I think Enquestie has put one over the over the bar as well that perhaps he should have done better with. I think the confidence he had maybe a All few the ago. miss has evaporated. Yeah, that was from the consumer state, wasn't it? You know, you've got, to put, you've got to put that away. And, you know, that's the kind of moment that Arsenal could look back on you thinking and think, God, that's blown us the league. That miss, obviously, we know what happened. That, that isn't what, what transpires. But, you know, Villa, as much as I think Arsenal were the better team, and begrudgingly, I have to say, I think Arsenal probably shaded it. They pro- probably deserved the win. And if you look at the mm-hmm. stats, I think they, they back that up. But that doesn't mean that Villa didn't do anything good. And it doesn't mean that Villa weren't in the game. Villa were well in that game. If that Bailey one goes in, you know, we're, we're looking at a completely different story. And, it's, you know, Ramsdale's made a really, really good save there. Mm-hmm. It's cannoned off the bar and it's come out. Duran's then had a run. I thought Emery used the subs in the main pretty well in the second half, in the second half. yesterday, I think, they like, Ramsey didn't do very much. But, you know, I think Duran and Bailey... They had an impact on the game when they came on, and they had they had chances. But he's still frustrating as anything. But you know that he had a couple of really nice takedowns of the ball. You know mm-hmm. that, that looked difficult. He does the difficult stuff, makes that look so easy. And then sometimes the easy stuff he just can't do. He's hit the bar. Duran's the curled one at the Cape. Ramsdale's made a, a comfortable save. Really, I mean, it gets to stoppage time, and Villa are in a decent place. Although I will say myself, when I saw six minutes go up, I just thought we're going to concede here. I've seen it too many times. I, I just feel we're going to concede. But the way we did concede, it was, it was just really un, unfortunate. And then you've got the added thing when you go, go in and you look at it afterwards in the game, where actually, there potentially is an offside in there. Now, I still don't think, I mean, I still think exactly the same thing happens if those players are there, with if they're not there. I think it hits the bar. If everything rolls the same, I think it hits Martinez on the, on the head and goes in again. I don't think his view was particularly impeded. But I'm telling you now, if Arsenal had conceded that goal, Arteta is making a fuss. The Arsenal fans would make a fuss after after the game, rightly so. Villa have got to be a bit more streetwise for me. I don't know whether anyone in the dugout was was doing anything around saying is are they going to look are they going to look at that? I know they have screens, but no one complains about it, which means it's never going mm. to get looked at. Well, you should get looked at still, but you know you've got to force the issue sometimes. If you're a team of of absolute winners you make sure that gets you make sure that gets looked at as a club and, and Villa didn't didn't. I didn't really get the impression Villa did that from, from what I saw I could be completely wrong there's got to be some form of a, of appeal there but there isn't and Arsenal go 3-2 up and at that point you you know the game's pretty much over it's very very unlucky from Villa and I don't think that those two players did impact it if I'm being perfectly honest if that had been disallowed for
0: us I'd be really really upset but well, it was John again two
1: years previous yeah but even that, I still think that was probably worse. That was more offside than the one yesterday. I don't. The fact it's two players, maybe players apart, because there's two of them who are in front of the goalkeeper, and you could argue we're impeding the goalkeeper's I still think it goes in regardless, regardless but you got to try and do what you can to, to, to keep the points. And Villa, I don't feel Villa did that. And sometimes, again, it comes down to nastiness and being streetwise. And maybe Villa were a bit guilty of not doing that yesterday. I don't know. I, I, I agree. I agree. I think that's something that.
0: Um. Yeah, I think that's something the club needs to be a bit more savvy with. Um, You know, I think that the, there is an awful lot to be said for putting pressure on um, on officials in the right way, in the right manner. I'm not saying do Man United. That is but... that is
1: debatable, isn't it? It's a well, debate, I would say.
0: The one time we did it this season was against Southampton where everybody surrounded the referee. The referee wasn't having a look at whether there was um, a reason to disallow the goal. And then all of a sudden, he did take a look at it. It turns out that there was a reason because there was a pusher, there was a stamp down in the back of the heel of, of Jacob Ramsey and the goal was disallowed. Now, Aston Villa got pilloried from pillar to post about that about surrounding the referee, like Southampton fans were not happy with it. There was other fan groups. And as I say, I couldn't care less what other fan groups say. I'm just saying that, you know, when a team like Aston Villa does it, it's almost so out of character. That Most good looks... teams do it. Like but that. And that's the thing. Nobody yeah. anymore agreed what's United at Man United doing it. But it was like, oh, my God, Villa are doing it. Oh, whoa. What's happening here? This is a disgrace. They never do this. And then you're kind of going, yeah, well, deal with it deal with it every like if you know if there was something that would the, the the team was aggrieved about there should be an avenue for them to be able to talk about it at least get it reviewed if there was nothing in it there was nothing in it players would be fine players wouldn't turn around and tell the referee he's everything under the sun Um, not that they should do that anyway but you know the rules have so much evolution like they're talking about the referees wearing gopros now you know wearing body cam footage like, who cares about that? I mean, there's that's so for... many
1: cameras, so many cameras anyway. That, Something the... happens, you know, you know what's it's... happened anyway. And that's for t- and like, wait, okay,
0: so, right, I'm, I'm the referee. I'm Simon Hooper yesterday. I've got a camera on my chest. I've got bodies in front of me. I can't see anything. What is it to do? Is it to just, like, it's for the TV to stop all it is. people?
1: It's probably to stop players back chatting and abusing the officials, I would say, because then it would clearly be on camera. The audio would clearly be there, I would say. That would be the reason.
0: Easiest but... way to stop people back chatting is to g- allow a manager to have. Okay, let's stop the game. Let's have a review here. You've got one challenge flag, like they do in the NFL, and they go. And the players will say, "Right, I trust." They could go to the manager and say, "Hey, Uno, Una, there's no way that's definitely offside." I don't think the it, players realised it. Though. He felt. I mean, if yeah, you're a player, I know, I know on pitch, but
1: yeah. Martinez maybe would be the only one who you would think mm. would he would know. The fact he didn't complain tells me that he didn't really feel he was impaired. Oh no, because no, no. he's street wise. You know, he knows all the dark arts. He'd be one. Who, if if he had anything just, that he was complaining about, if if that got in his way in any small way, he would have been there yeah. complaining. So it can't done. But I'm just saying, the big team. The, the, I don't like to say big teams. I don't mean that. The the team, the big six, they they would be complaining there. Someone would have done it. Someone on the bench would have would have done it. Like I just think you've got to be a little bit more straight straightwise sometimes. And we've missed out on potentially saving ourselves a, a point there because we haven't complained. But I'm telling you now. I don't like saying this, but I genuinely believe it to be true. I think two weeks running Villa have been hard done by with decisions against teams that are gunning, gunning for the title in Man City and Arsenal. And I think there is an element of, oh, we better not upset Arteta, oh, we better not upset Pep. I do think that that that, that that's there. It's probably natural. In in some respects, because the way the world is, the way football is, you turn these people into absolute megastars. People carry a certain weight. People carry a certain yeah. reputation because of the way football is covered. So it's all, it's always going to happen in in some ways. And Arteta and Pep Guardiola this season, they're box office aren't they? Because they're, it's Arsenal yeah, yeah. and Man City that are, go, that are going for for the league title. But I think and two weeks, Sarson and Apprentice as well. You know. Yeah, and I think two weeks really now. If those if those goals had happened, if the penalty and the goal had happened the reverse way around, and it was Villa. Benefiting from him Villa wouldn't have Benefited from them That's, that's honestly what, yeah. what I think That's I genuinely what, that. what, I, what I think You disagree with that No no I said I can't no, disagree with I that I can't say disagree say with that 100%
0: you know, I because, honestly like, think that and, and, it's, and it's not Victim syndrome That we have no, either it's not it's, it's as I said It's 30 years Of watching Aston Villa You know um, It's It's the it's the way things have been, you know. And yeah, and it was funny. You know, I was talking to somebody yesterday, and and it comes up every so often, it was an older Aston Villa fan, and, and they still lament. What would have happened if we won the league in '92? You know, what kind of breaks would we be getting in 2023 now if we'd won the league in '92? Uh, it could have mm-hmm. been so much different. And, you know, it was it was mad. It was I, I was flicking through um, Twitter today and I just saw the league table and, and, and uh, you know Villa being second to Man United and then obviously it catapults Man United's uh, Man United's fortunes for for years and years and years and decades to come. But you know, you are right in what I what you say there that that like <clears throat> we do need to get. When, look, I'm okay with being, like, I'm okay with, with, what am I going to say here now uh, without swearing? I don't um, think
1: you're
0: no. no, no, I do. I'm just trying not to swear. Um When we get good, I'm okay with people hating us.
1: I don't yeah. want to be everybody's second favorite team anymore. Well, I don't well judging by we never have been dickhead but... TV yesterday we're not but yeah, <laughs> I, know, yeah. I know I know what you I know I know what you're getting at I I know I listened to I said to you I listened to your podcast the other day we might know now I'd listened to it mm. so I listened to it when I was driving the other day because I had a long journey and him talking about that decision against Manchester United in the 2010 League Cup final he genuinely believed that the other way around the Villa the Villa players getting sent off that. that that it's just you know, and that's someone who's involved in football and been involved in mm. football properly, more so, more more so than, than than me. You know, if if he's saying that he genuinely believes that, I think it's out there, and I do think two ways running Villa of Villa have been punished by things that wouldn't have been given the other way. That that's that's completely how I see it, and I hate saying it, and like you say, I don't want to be, I'm not playing the victim or anything like that, but I just I genuinely believe that. So it's happened. I, like I, said, I, I actually don't didn't think really it should should be disallowed. But no, no, I don't I, I'm, I, I'm sure. It, I'm sure it would have been the other way around. So yeah. that's not fair, is it? That's, that that's not a level playing field. I'm careful I'm not going to get them for slander or libel on this on this on this podcast. Allegedly, this, this, allegedly, yeah, allegedly, yeah, allegedly. Sorry, yeah. But, 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 I'd chuck that word in there. You wouldn't know that I've done, done a journalism degree in course, would you? But yeah. So, <laughs> right. And then the fourth goal adds to the, the misery, doesn't it? The, the only it, talking
0: point I think about the fourth goal, Dan, is that Emery came out afterwards and said, I did not yeah. tell him go
1: up. And... I mean, I watched him run towards the whole end and he didn't even look at the dugout once to say, Is this okay? Yeah. He just he I, just went. And you know, then he didn't like it. No. I think my this is based on opinion only, not not facts, not anything I've heard off everyone. But I think they'll be a partner ways in the summer anyway. And I think all these little these little things. You know, Martinez gave an interview in the last couple of weeks that, that there were some quotes. I don't know how legit those quotes were that that I, that I saw if they've been verified anywhere. But you know, he didn't say anything that I wouldn't expect him to say in all honesty about wanting to play in the Champions League. I expect when you've won the World Cup with Lionel Messi, you would want to play in the Champions League, and if you get the chance to do it. I expect you you would want to do it, however much you you love Villa, however long's left on your contract. I suspect once you've experienced that, it's very difficult to not want to go and then play in the Champions League and, and try and win that. My Again, this is based purely on my own opinion. I, fe- I felt things were a little bit frosty with him and Emery anyway. I don't know whether anything happened at, uh, at Arsenal, but, you know, there was the... When Emery was asked about his World Cup antics, Emery didn't really answer that in the way I would expect your club manager to answer it. So I've just felt there's some touchiness with the relationship ever since Emery arrived really we know that he wouldn't have played much under Emery at Arsenal and that in the post-match Emery looked absolutely seething and made it very very clear who the boss is didn't he?
0: yeah and I liked that I like it's the manager's job to be frustrated after games like that I I like the fact that he didn't come out and go yeah of course uh, it's it's on me um, you know, I'm 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 delighted he didn't come out and say that for a lot of reasons because it would have sounded weird in 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 it uh, <laughs>
1: sounded like Stephen Gerrard.
0: <laughs> that, but that that was what I was getting at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm delighted that he came up was frustrated. And I'm delighted that it wasn't Stephen Gerrard Um, it, the the was the manager. But look, he was frustrated. and I think he is frustrated because he he knows the team. Um, the team did for parts of that game play the way that he wanted them to play. And yeah, I'd agree he, with that. He, he more or less said it. He said, Listen, look, we just lapsed out of it. We weren't disciplined with our positioning. We weren't disciplined with whatever. And um I think that's okay. I think it's okay to say that. And I think it was refreshing to say that. And you could see you could see he didn't want to be there and and, and that he took that that defeat probably because they were his ex employer as well. You know, he yeah, took it that defeat to heart. He took it to heart and and, uh, and like I like that. Um he didn't blame anybody, he kind of just said, Listen, as a as a unit, we need to look at it, look at things here and uh we need to kind of sort things out ourselves, you know. He wasn't wasn't blaming the referee, he wasn't uh bemoaning situations or anything like that. It was he was talking about transitions, he was talking about the, the nuts and bolts of the game. Um and you could just see that he he he, he I, I liked I liked as well when he said You know, there was parts of this game where I don't really know what went wrong. That's fine. I think that that's brilliant for a manager to say, to come out and give us bluster about going, yeah, well, we go again. Or, you know, think of all all the things that we've heard over the past few years of people trying to bluff it through. I'm bluffing to, oh, yeah, I know exactly what went wrong there and there's going to be retribution. He was like, I don't deal with the transitions in game. We're going to need to go back. We're going to need to do analysis on it. We're going to need to find out what went on here. We're going to have to watch the video, essentially, is what he said. And that's just the reality of the situation. There were parts of that game where Arsenal were just better than us. but There were parts mm-hmm. of that game where we were really on, on, on trend and on brand with what we were supposed to do and what Emery wanted us to do. And we looked pretty good in those. And I, I think more of those came in the first half than they did in the second half. And I think that's what he was responding to as well, Um when he mentioned that, and I liked that he was a bit touchy when he mentioned that as well, because look, I want a manager to kind of give a shit. Excuse me, sorry, yeah, I, I, awesome.
1: this isn't my podcast anymore. I've, I... I've saw a couple of times, to be fair, on, the, on <laughs> tonight. I got to admit, I was a little bit surprised by his interview afterwards because I was on Twitter after the game, and I, I've explained how I was feeling during the game. Just that, mm. you know, watching Villa go toe to toe with the team, here, in a good football match, I wasn't doing that in the first in the first half of the season and under the previous managers. From that aspect, I was yeah. I was pleased. I think there was a few people on Twitter that I reacted to someone saying that the Villa were pathetic. I, I don't really don't think that's true. I, re- I completely disagree with that. But I get what Emery's trying to say. You know, the guy's a winner at the end of the day. You know, as a manager, the guy is a winner. He won't like losing three games in a row. He won't like that they put so much time into certain things on the training ground through the week. And then Villa don't implement that those things come a week. And he kind of said something a bit similar to Dean Smith about training ground players. Yes. Obviously, in a, in a, in a completely d- different way because of the of English not being his being his first language but it felt like he was kind of saying the the exact same thing and you know he'll be unhappy to have lost shipped four goals at home to two home games in a row he will be unhappy that we've conceded 11 goals in, in three games all these things and know is going to be really upset with and he was visibly upset after the game in the interviews that, that, that he did and he was pissed off like 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 you say as as yeah. well i just want to from what I can see on the thing, David Styles said something I completely agree with. You know, talking about Emmy Martinez seems a bit aching to Jack coming back from the Euros and having a taste of that level. He didn't stick around much after. I don't think Emmy will either. I'd com- I'd completely agree with that. You know, not I mean, we've got to take into account here is well. Emmy Martinez has won the World Cup. I also there's an I mean, maybe I'm protecting myself in some way here because Emmy Martinez is obviously statistically at the moment, statistically factually. He'd been voted the best goalkeeper of the of the World Cup, so he's one of the best people in his field. I do feel he's not perfectly suited to what Unai Emery wants his goalkeeper to do. I think he's good with his feet. he mm. kicked the ball out of play an awful lot, of, an awful lot of times yesterday. I yeah, in the Mourinho, was six foot tall. Yeah, yeah, you know he did that. He did that a few times. He was an unbelievable goalkeeper, probably in the top three goalkeepers we've had, and I've been going since nineteen ninety three. Yeah. And he's probably I would put him in the top three keepers we've had. Since 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 I've been going down, but I do think he's not quite top level with his feet. You know, very few goalkeepers are, in fairness. But if we're playing the way we're playing, you probably your goalkeeper needs to be a little bit better with the, with the feet. But let me tell you, if he signed a ten year contract tomorrow, I'd be absolutely delighted because he's an unbelievable goalkeeper. And then some, some you know, he could go and we replace him with someone who's terrible, terrible. You know, that that, mm-hmm. that could happen. I know what I'm trying to say here, and I'm, you know, I'm not disrespecting Emi no, Martinez. I know actual. what you're trying to say too. Yeah. But I don't think his distribution is quite what Emery wants. That's again, that's not based on anything I've heard. That is my own opinion.
0: Yeah, I think I think the distribution was poor. Um, like I, I I read a thing on Twitter yesterday where uh, somebody and I just laughed at it and he said Emmy Emmy want to stop smelling his own farts and get his head back into the game. You know, it just made me laugh. I don't. I don't think. I
1: don't think. Do I've seen a few people saying that that he's come back and he's he's up himself. I think he's just a confident guard. I don't think he's doing much any differently to what he what he was before. Maybe the time-wasting's come up, up a, a little bit more. He's picking up a lot of yellow cards for time-wasting. But then when Arsenal winning Ramsdale was was doing it, you know, yeah. it's, it's just what happens, isn't it? We were trying to... I think we were happy with the point, weren't we? He's, and he was trying con- to protect that. And that's his thing. And his confidence six weeks ago was a positive.
0: His yeah. confidence for us six weeks ago was a positive. And he had a great now- game
1: against Leeds at home, for example, where he made some unbelievable saves. This is it,
0: yeah, yeah. This is it. Um, but what it is is, you know, that that straight ball to Kamara, uh, that gives a goal away against Leicester. The ball against uh it was a Brighton. The ball to Douglas Louise that gives a goal away against Brighton. Uh, Alexis McAllister, the the poor game yesterday, with we guys to his distribution, and um, and and so on. You know. They're they're happening now, and you know if you're going to be a confident guy, and if you're going to go out there, and if you're going to be giving it the giving it the big one, you know, and do and 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 being um, that that uh, provocateur, you kind of like when things go wrong, you will get questioned. Now saying mm-hmm. that, like the thing is here, lads, do we want to go back to Robin Olsen in goals? Because we've only got two choices, and I'm not going to put Sinisalo in there because he's had four games for Burton Berk- Albion this season out in loan, so. What we got here is you've got the choice of the lesser of two evils. Sorry, no, that's two hundred percent wrong. Emmy Martin is a fantastic goalkeeper, but he's been goal
1: for the rest of the season. Isn't he? He's not oh, going in. He's no, one hundred
0: percent. That's not what I'm saying. Emmy Martin is a fantastic goalkeeper. He had a rotten game at the
1: weekend. Absolutely, like I wouldn't, those... say, I wouldn't even say it was rotten. He's had like, the ball in my head and going. It's been a it's, a it's a it's a bad day. Isn't he? it? It was one yeah. of his
0: one of his worst games of the season. I would say for you sure because I of his distribution. Even.
1: Uh, his distribution wasn't good. His distribution
0: well. was poor, yeah. yeah.
1: But what I'm saying is that
0: like there's there's probably 18 other teams in the league or 17 other teams in the league that rip right. your hand off at the wrist for for Emmy Martin this. So of I course. I personally am nowhere like if he goes, he goes, fine, we get a wedge of cash for him. Absolutely. That is great. But, like, that, is we what, will, that will be what happens. But I I the th- the thing is here, where does he go? Like, and we the, I don't oh. even want you to answer that question. I don't oh, want I know, you to I answer I that question. Go. I don't yeah,
1: know, I think it will go, but I don't think i will be in the Champions League. That's the thing, yeah. Um, Chelsea, but I can't see them being in the Champions League. I don't <laughs> think you'll go to Chelsea. unless they, unless they miraculously we somehow win the Champions League. I, I thought Manu might need a keeper in the summer, but it looks like they're going to have to hire for another year or two. It looks like he might sign an extension. Spurs will be looking for a goalkeeper, but they might not be in the Champions League, but they're certainly not going to be in the shout of winning the Champions League. He's talking about going to win the Champions League. But I think he'd he take just playing in you know, it, in all honesty. And at his age, in all fairness, just I'm just being realistic. If he stays at Villa, he's going to have his career not having playing, not being playing in the Champions League. Because we're not getting in the Champions League any time soon. We might we might win a cup, we might win something. Fingers crossed we do. I bloody love to win a cup. But realistically, if he stays at Villa, he isn't playing in the Champions League. If he leaves, he probably is, and that's something he wants to tick off. But I'm just saying at the moment... The parting of ways in the summer feels completely inevitable to me. Maybe I'm numb to players leaving Leaving now. I think Jack leaving hurt a lot. A lot of Villa fans hurt me, despite what people might think about it. But it, it hurt, didn't it? So you, we're probably numb to it because I don't think anything's going to feel as bad as, as him going. But I just get the impression that it would be an amicable parting of ways because I think, maybe not from the fan base, but I think the manager and the player... I just, just a gut feeling that there's something not not right there. I think that there's tetchiness there, and you could see it written on Emery's face after the game yesterday. Absolutely fuming. Even the fact he came back and he didn't go straight into the team. Maybe the fact he stayed. I know Emery said it was okay, but maybe he said that he stayed in Argentina. I, I, I don't know. I just think something's not right there now. And yesterday would have done absolutely nothing to help it at all by going up and just he didn't even look at the dugout. I watched. He didn't even look at the dugout. He just made his own decision. I'm going for this corner. I want to be the hero against my old team. And it was very, very clear that Emory did not like that at all yeah. by what he said and the look on his face. So, yeah, we we'll probably discussed all we can with, with as there. That's just how I, didn't I expect I see to it.
0: discuss that at all. No, I was like, oh, I hope people don't just remember this podcast for that last five minutes of a discussion because.
1: Uh, that's yeah. what we're here to do at the end of the yeah. day. You it's know, very you're very talking, very talking very about Villa really here to give your opinion on, on stuff. I mean, that, that, that's how I see. I just think I felt like it was a real sliding doors moment yesterday when he made that decision to, to, to go up Maybe for the so. corner. I feel like it's like the final nail in the coffin for, for me. You know, he's been such a good goalkeeper for, for Villa as well, but I just don't think he'll be here next season. That, that's that's my opinion. So, yeah, just wanted to, we spoke about Watkins. I think he's a, a real positive at, at the moment. The manager's the right manager. He needs to be given all the time in the world. He is the, the right manager. If Villa don't get it right under Unay Emre. Right. Don't think we'll ever get it right. We may as well all pack yeah. up and, and and go home. Just wanted to mention John McGinn, because he is a player who's come under under fire. I've given him criticism at times at the start of the season, but I think you saw yesterday, I, I did a tweet about him to be fair. Some people said to me that they didn't think he, he played well. I don't I don't really know what you thought about his performance now. I don't think it's top class John McGinn by any stretch of the imagination, top drawer John McGinn. But I think it's a definite improvement under the John McGinn we were seeing at under Stephen Gerrard, I think he's perfect for that position that he's playing in, kind of wide right slash centrally in the in the Emery system, because he's diligent defensively, which is what what Emery wants. But he you know, he broke up the play yesterday from from that side on the flanks and got himself forward, had a run as well, and, and bent a shot that would have been, would have been a hell of a goal. And it just felt like it just shows sometimes you know as fans as people that do podcasts, you can be lying into a player, but he was playing in an absolute failing system. Mm. Under Steven Gerrard, you've put him into a, something new and under Unai Emery, and most of Villa's wins have come with him in the team. Yep. But by by the way, since Unai Emery came in, it was just a different John McGinn yesterday, and somewhere back to the John McGinn I remember falling in love with, and re- remember loving in the, in in the championship. I just thought he had a he had a really effective game yesterday, and was somewhere near the the level that we wanted him to be near. And like I said, that position is perfect for him. Um, I I.
0: I thought himself and Coutinho got through unbelievable work off the ball yesterday. I thought that was one thing I noticed from him, and that's what that's what you get from John McGinn. But we weren't actually getting that at times the start no, of the he was Yeah, exactly. And he was he was like he was chasing his own shadow for times at the start of the season. I think that 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 position suits him out there. Marshall the flank, come back and act in the acting the six at the back if we need to. I thought he was okay. I thought he did well yesterday. He certainly was more involved in the game for me, and I thought he was more involved in and around the game than uh, than Jacob Ramsey has been the last couple of weeks. No, look, this isn't me having a, having a dig at Jacob Ramsey. It's just, um, you know, I think that, uh, that 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 McGinn has been McGinn. His energy around the field shows. Uh, he's he's more of a. He's more of a player that affects the game in both in in, in defense and, and and to a lesser degree, I suppose, an attack than Jacob Ramsey does. And essentially what I'm trying to get at here is if it if it's a choice, if Emi Brindia has to start in the other wing, which I'm not sure he does have to start, but he's playing okay at the moment. But if Amy Brun is to start, I think you have to marry the Ying with the Yang over on the other side with a John McGinn and then have Jacob Ramsey come off the bench at the moment because um, the work rate from the two of those guys. And, and I thought at times yesterday as well for Coutinho, and I think Coutinho ran himself into the ground, and that's why he came off at 60 minutes. Yeah. Um, I like that, and I, th- like there, w- there wouldn't be many criticisms of John McGinn from for, for me yesterday, whereas you go back 10, 15 weeks ago, there would be quite a lot more because his game wasn't there. His passing was all off. He was trying to do completely different things than he was naturally able to do, and and he just looked like he was kind of his head was just bobbing above water. Whereas now he looks like he's he's very much entrenched in the system. He looks like he's a bit more um
1: he's a bit more sound in what he needs to do. I really felt Stephen Gerrard completely threw John McGinn under, under a bus even more so looking back. Now I felt like he just chucked him the captain's armband and said to him, "I want you to be what I was for Liverpool." And that, and that was it. And he, and he he couldn't do it. I, I really feel that's the kind of kind of thing that was said. He was he was thrown under the bus and hung hung out to dry with, with all that stuff as well. But yesterday as well, I don't know whether it came across watching from where, where you were watching. But he felt like a uh, he felt like a leader yesterday when I was watching him. He was jing up the players around him. He was barking instructions. He was telling people where to be, and it was more of a captain's performance. Mm. I don't know whether that came across on on TV, but I was watching him closely from my seat in the whole end, and definitely in the second half. I was seeing more of that, more of that stuff. So I, at the moment, you pick an 11. I think John McGinn's in it. And I think Unai Emery will yep. continue, continue to pick him. And I don't, I don't think, I think there'll be a rebuild in the summer, but I don't think John McGinn will be going anywhere. No, I don't I think, think Emery's so identified him as someone he can carry out what I ask him to do and he can I do agree. it effectively. He might not be perfect every week. He might make mistakes, but he's going to be diligent and give me what I need, especially on the defensive side, the rough stuff. Of, of the game so i just i think he deserves credit because he's come under huge huge fire in the past in these like you say in the first first 10 15 games of the season he was getting deltas
0: before we go can we have a game of dan needs to guess a statistic um on, I, the, the name is still under construction guys don't worry but the name is still under we're, yeah, we're open the the to suggestions to, the name's
1: not too catcher.
0: <laughs> no it's not and we definitely won't be doing a jingle for it who who attempted the most tackles for aston villa yesterday
1: I mean, part of me wants to say John McGinn, because I feel like he popped into your head whilst we were talking about, about yeah. John McGinn. Yeah, it wasn't John nice tackle yesterday. Uh... That's a good question that is now. I'll say Was it... Mur- no, he wasn't on the pitch the whole game. Ugh. Moreno was second. Moreno was second. With six. I was going to throw a wild guess out there. Was it Ali Watkins? No. No. It was Who Philippe was it?
0: Coutinho. Oh, I
1: seven? Yeah, he put himself about, Coutinho. It's yeah. not his game, but he, he put himself about and his goal was lovely.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah, If absolutely. we get something
1: out of him, brilliant. Yeah. That would be, have be been a pleasant thing that I don't think many people... So coming out of your stay stats, I can tell he's absolutely raging that you're coming out with stats on the show now. He'll be absolutely <laughs> Sorry, fuming. <Dale. laughs> he'll, be getting, he'll be getting his nail done with voodoo doll out. And you're fighting oh, a dog I mean, board. He'll be absolutely, absolutely seething that you're coming on this show and give, giving stats. Poor oh. Stato, he's been in the in the chat the whole way through, throwing out his stats as well. He even guessed your guessed guessed your uh i mean well, i'm, you I'm put, saying i'm saying guessed he, he absolutely, did. he absolutely didn't <laughs> guess at all did he us? looked himself yeah. into the matrix that's yeah.
0: what he did there that's
1: yeah. <laughs> right then Are you i mean you've got to look after your kids so we probably should call it a day because we've been a lot longer than I than i thought we were going to be but I, you know what sometimes i do these shows and i i think i enjoyed that and i did enjoy talking through the, the game with you some things i don't like talking about and some not always nice stuff in there but you know what I enjoy i enjoyed that podcast i feel i thought that was an effective podcast now that's what i'm i'm, I'm gonna say cool, so well well well, well done to you Ho- yeah hopefully the people that, are, that, that that's more important <laughs> than, what, than what i thought of it but yeah hopefully the people watching and listening enjoyed it We're back with 1874 with greg and myself tomorrow and then all the other usual shows in the lead up to the game next week as well Make sure you're liking this video. Make sure you subscribe with your personal notifications onto the video view as well, I don't think our subs numbers have grown for about three years. So, if you could if you could subscribe to the channel if you're not subscribed, that would be really helpful. Thanks to everyone, as I say, for, for tuning in. I do see some of the comments coming in whilst we're talking. I try and integrate them as, as best I can. But I felt, to be fair, I, had, I felt like I had a lot to say after yesterday and this once so i probably didn't do it as much as usual but hopefully you enjoyed it anyway we'll be back tomorrow as i said have a good rest of your weekend and up the villa sports social podcast network
0: lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky
1: lucky in line at the deli
0: i guess Haha, in my dentist's office